And now, from the Spinnaker Radio Studios, critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent films, your host, Ben Gordon. guys welcome to the show you are listening to doc g's funky grooves and fitness on spinnaker radio 95.5 wskrlpfm in jacksonville i am doc g and with me as always is eric cirillo eric how you doing doing fantastic as always good to be here for another week good 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 Ah, if you haven't listened to the show, everybody, what we do is we talk about fitness, we talk about sports, we have a good time, and we listen to some good grooves. Those would be the funky grooves that are in the name. So, let's hop in right now into this week's uh, first topic, which the first week's topic would be football. We haven't got time yet, me and Eric, to discuss college football. And it's already the fourth week. I don't know what's wrong with us. We need to start talking football and quick. So without further ado, Eric, we are going to go over what your four uh, top college playoff picks are. Who are in your top four for the college playoffs this year? Well, right now I'm looking at, if you look at the top AP 25 poll for this week, it is... Alabama number one, Ohio State number two, and Louisville number three. Those are actually my top three that I've chosen. I had chosen them last week before the whole rearranging happened before Louisville jumped way up. And my fourth pick, I'm uh, I'm staying strong with them because they you know they played pretty well last week, but I got to stay with them. I'm going Ole Miss. That's my that's my surprise, my wild card. I think they could uh, I think they could hop up and have a promising uh, promising season. You think they could uh, pull the two-loss, maybe still make it in? I think so, looking at the rest of the people that are in the top 25. Uh, a lot of the top teams, besides the ones I've already mentioned, have, have that really just easy cake schedules, haven't played a lot of competition, haven't played some hard teams, and uh, I think that'll begin to show as the season rolls on. Now, you brought up Ole Miss, so I'll bring up the game from this past weekend. What did you think about the Alabama Ole Miss game? Did you watch it? I did it, unfortunately, because they were playing at the same time that my Gamecocks were playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, and I was at that game, so but we were getting live updates from the game periodically throughout our football game. I was excited at one point when Ole Miss was up by like 20, and then I see they, you know, Alabama, like they always do, finds a way to win, and they came back and beat them at the end of the game, and I was pretty, uh, I was pretty sad. I was a little sad, but it's the unbelievable to me, and I've told so many people this this week. It's the unbelievable coaching of Nick Saban, in my opinion. That's the thing that separates. Alabama teams from, from from all your other teams out there in college is the fact that he has them prepared week in and week out to take on whatever comes at them. And when you look at this, 
like you said, at one point they were down 20 points to a team that they had lost two years in a row. This would be the third year. And obviously, if you're a player on any other team, as soon as you get down by that much to a team that you've already lost twice in your head, you say, here we go again. And basically, it's a downward spiral, and it should have been a blowout like Florida State had against Louisville. Um, instead, somehow, Saban gets them turned around, and they end up winning the game. And, you know, you can say, you know, you can not like Alabama. You can you can say that they're, you know... Uh, uh, they're not as good. They're they're too they're too high ranked. Uh, Ohio State should be over them. All all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you can never say that they don't show up to play, because every single game in the past ten years that Saban has been there, they compete every single week. They compete, and I mean they may lose, and they've lost. You know what? Like. 13 games since he's been there or something like that. Uh, but when they lose, they lose by seven points, by three points, by a point. They don't lose like Florida State did by, what was it, 40? Yeah, they lost like 70, like 20 or something like that, or 70 to 30, I can't remember. It's a ridiculous loss. Um, so, you know, Alabama right now, somebody asked me earlier today, actually, if I thought that Alabama deserved their number one spot. And I got to say, you know, they won the championship last year. Uh, so until they get knocked off, then they deserve to be there. As, as long as they win, they should be there. Um, what do you think about Louisville getting votes in, as number one? It's not surprising, uh, considering like, I mean, how well they've played the past three weeks. They've, you know, blown. I don't remember the game they played last week, but the first week and last week's game were both just complete blowouts. Lamar Jackson has been playing out of his mind. So they, they've had they've had three. They they played uh, uh, Charlotte the first game. They played Syracuse the second week, and then then the blowout of Florida State. Yeah, and so they all have been blowouts. They've beaten the hell out of each team they've played. And Lamar Jackson's playing out of his mind, getting Heisman recognition right now, as he should be. So um, I think it's good they're in votes. I think they deserve it. Like I said last week, I think um, when we talked, I think that, you know, Louisville will probably be a team to be reckoned with this year if they keep it up. Now we'll see when they do play. You know, Florida State was really the first test, I think. And they performed very well, but we'll see if it's just is Florida State overrated or is Louisville are they the real deal? So we'll see. Well, it's like I just said about Alabama. That's the thing that I always question with with other teams, especially teams like Louisville that just came in and all of a sudden they're the the hot new fad that everybody's jumped on. That everybody's like, oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's like the new diet around. Have you, have you heard about Louisville? Oh, my gosh, they're so amazing. You don't even know. It's the, it's a body cleanse. It gets rid of all your fat. You lose 10 pounds in a week. He scored 35 touchdowns. He's so amazing. It's just, I, I with all those teams like that, there's a drop-off. You know, all of a sudden, they're playing a, a Boston College or they're playing a, a NC State, and you're like, well, they got this one. And then all of a sudden, it's it's tied, and, and then all of a sudden, the Boston College team wins at the end. And you're just like, what? Didn't they just beat 
Florida State by 40 points. And, I mean, maybe I could be completely wrong and Louisville sweep the table and, and win out this year, but I just don't see the consistency. And as much as I don't like Ohio State, I don't see the consistency that I see in Ohio State and definitely see in Alabama. Those teams you just know are going to show up and play. And um, I, I wonder about that a little bit with Louisville. I mean, it's like I said, you know, time will tell. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. I am impressed, though. I was surprised with the Florida State game. Everyone was. Like I said, when I was at the game on Saturday uh, with USC playing uh, ECU, uh, that's how people, you know, kids in the stadium were all like, oh, my gosh, they, you know, they beat them by 40. Or they're blowing them out. You know, no one could really believe it, and naturally so. And going back to Nick Saban, it's even more impressive that, as a college coach, how dominant he's been. Because it's not like if you're in the pros where you have a – Ideally, you have a standard group of guys that are with you for years and years and years. That are your team leaders. They're going to kind of carry you, you know, for five to ten years. He's got new kids coming in every year. People leaving every year. Primary players, and he's still dominating. And that's just impressive. And it's exactly like you said. It's kids. You've got eighteen to twenty-two year olds, whereas you got you got guys that are making millions of dollars that are adults that are saying this is my job and most of them take it as such once they get or a lot of them take it as such once they get to the professionals so it's a different and if you can get them in the mindset then they're going to play out of their minds when they get to the big leagues but you're 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 exactly right when you're talking about when you're talking about 18 to 22 year olds that are new every single year, especially with people leaving their third year, like you have at Alabama, because you have so many good people, you're basically training new people, a new a, a new set of players every single year, and he still keeps that consistency. He still keeps them hungry. I mean, you know, if I was coming into a team where the last, you know the last year had just won a championship and we had won four championships in the past seven years, I'd be the, the cockiest player coming in there thinking I was awesome. And somehow he keeps their, you know, their head on their shoulders. It's impressive. Very impressive. Now here's something I heard earlier. Um, and I don't know if I agree with it. I'm going to hold out until I hear what you say. I heard, uh, actually this was on, uh, on, um, Mike and Mike, uh, and later on, uh, Cannell and Russo, uh, that um, the Big Ten is the best conference in college football this year. What do you think about that? Well, first off, I, I want to say that that sounded like you were going to tell the Yo Mama joke. I heard, let's say, hey, watch it now. Uh, Big Ten being the best conference, I've heard that before. I heard uh, you know Colin Coward on his show. He talks about that a lot about how the Big Ten is so dominating. We I just think- name drop three different uh, radio shows. Um, but I think you know I think that just goes to show that really you know they're making noise. And if you look at it in the top twenty-five, you have Ohio State, you have Michigan, you have Michigan State, uh, you got Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, right now Nebraska's in it, but right now I'd I'd say they're definitely top two. I think SEC still dominates, but I think you know the Big Ten's really starting to come around and they're making noise. 
Now that was that was my uh, question because I know I know some of the, the the I guess maybe I don't know uh, second tier I don't know if you'd call them second tier but the lower level the not Alabamas of the SEC uh, are really the question mark because when coming into the season it was yeah the SEC is the best because you have Alabama and then you have LSU. And then all of a sudden, LSU just got dominated by Wisconsin. And everybody said, hmm, I don't know about that. You know? And then you have Georgia barely beating uh, Nickel. Uh, and then you, you you have all these other these uh, old or not Ole Miss but Mississippi State uh, losing to uh, South Alabama. Um, so you you have all these question marks in in the SEC, and I think that sort of uh, allowed the Big Ten to jump in. But my thing is, is you still have these solid teams even at the bottom. Uh, of the SEC. I mean, with the exception of maybe Vanderbilt and Kentucky, you know, you, you still have these teams that can pull out pretty impressive wins. I mean, uh, I watch all of the Arkansas TCU game, and Arkansas looked great. Uh, Arkansas, and I mean, now they're in the top 25 at number 17. Uh, I, I still think that uh, the SEC, uh, maybe not... Maybe not talent-wise, because I, I think they're, they're they're pretty even now as far as the Big Ten and uh, and the SEC. But uh, I, I think they're up there. What what do you think about the ACC? Because that was the thing that sort of irked me was that no one even brought it up. Like when they were talking about the Big Ten and the SEC, there wasn't even a, a mention of the ACC. Well, just real quick, going back to uh, SEC versus Big Ten, I think the reason that people are saying about the Big Ten and that people still back the SEC is the Big Ten might have the more teams in the top tier of the 25, but the SEC is extremely uh, deeper. Is weight is by far, I think, the deepest conference as far as top rankings go. So there, and yeah, there is clearly there's a difference there. So I think. Big Ten's getting recognition because they have more teams higher, you know, ranked higher in the 25. But as far as total top 25, I think SEC still dominates just because they are a deep conference and they have a lot of good teams. Well, I mean, I was surprised that this information came out. You know, that these shows uh, were talking about the Big Ten possibly being the best conference when you had the weekend before Iowa losing. To North Dakota State. Granted, again, I know I've heard it a thousand times. They are a very good FCS team. They are probably the best ever FCS team. But it's an FCS team, and Iowa was supposed to be in the top 25. Well, let's just stop you right there. Iowa doesn't play any good teams. They are a phony. There's a reason they're not in the top 25 right now, and I've said that before. They don't belong in the top 25. Until they start playing good teams and stop playing these pancake teams that are, you know, in the FCS, not even in the Power Five, then we can start to talk about them. But they don't even belong there because they're not playing anyone of any real competition. Speaking of, we have a lot of those cupcake games in the ACC. Where do you think the ACC matches up against those two other conferences? I think ACC is still inferior to SEC in the Big Ten. Now, see, this is the thing: is I think 
I think it's a problem of consistency with the ACC. Uh, I think a lot of the talent is is the same level. Because, I mean, you look at some of the people that have came out of the ACC as far as the, the players, and so th- those players are, are some of the best and most talented in the NFL. I mean, you're, you know, you're... Your uh, Megatrons, your uh, I, I mean I'm, I'm I can't think of any others right now, but I mean you know so, you know wide receiver from Pittsburgh from Clemson, um, if you wouldn't have gotten suspended for the year, but I mean yeah you have yeah there are plenty of people yeah and there's there's all this talent, but the the, the problem is is that you just. They, they don't come every week like the Alabamas and like the Ohio States. And the problem is, is then you also have a huge drop-off with the, with the lower-level teams in the ACC. But without further ado, I'm going to give you my uh, top four. Now, when we talked earlier, I, uh, I said that I was going to go with the... Uh, I was going to go with the educated choice. I was going to go with the information and not with my heart. But you know what? As I thought about it this week, I was like, no. No, I can't do it. I'm going to have to go with my heart. because Mainly because Miami actually won this week. And granted, it was against Appalachian State, but I don't care. That was enough to, that was enough to give it for me. So, my first pick. Ridiculous as it sounds, I don't care. Miami in the college playoffs for me. That's what's going next. Alabama would be my second pick. Ohio State, as much as I don't like them and as much as I don't want them to be in there, Ohio State's next. And then, again, I'm sticking with Houston. I know, it's crazy. None of these picks make sense except for Ohio State and Alabama because those always make sense. But let me let me give my reasons. I do think that Miami... Mm, For Miami to get in the playoffs, I think the best thing would be somehow they get to play uh, either Florida State or Louisville in the championship game. I just don't think they'd be able to beat Clemson if they get into the championship game with Clemson. Uh, I think Miami has looked really good over the the first three games. Granted, played no one. I understand that. Uh, but this, uh, not this weekend because they have a bye this weekend, but next weekend when they play, uh, Georgia Tech, we'll be able to see a little bit more of them. Speaking of which, uh, Georgia Tech plays Clemson, um, on, for the Thursday, uh, night game this week. That's going to be a really good one. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm actually keeping my fingers crossed that Georgia Tech wins that one. You know, I think I Clemson has not been playing very well this year. They barely beat Troy. Um, they just they haven't played as well as everyone predicted that they would. So I think Georgia Tech will probably win that one. I mean, I, I really hope they do, and I, I and I'm I'm with you on the playing level because yeah, they haven't really shown anything this this year. They haven't really came out with a purpose and a drive that I think a lot of people thought they would. Um, so yeah probably probably right uh so that's enough uh ncaa college football for right now we're gonna get to some music but before we get to music i want to do a new segment i call star search now i didn't work really hard on the name i basically just ripped it off of an old tv show that probably a lot of the uh listeners don't remember but that's aside from the point star search 
I'm going to give Eric several names of famous people revolving around sports. Coaches, commentators, uh, players. And then I'm going to want him to decide who he would most want to have a reality TV show. And then who he thinks America would most want to see in a reality TV show. Are you ready, Eric? So I'm thinking who I want to be on a show with and who America would want to see. Yes. Two different categories or they have to be the same person? They they can be the same person or they can be different. All right, hit me. Let's do it. Okay, so our choices. We're going to have five choices. Number one, Jim Harbaugh. Number two, Peyton Manning. Number three, Charles Barkley. Number four, Madison Bumgarner. Number five, Josh Norman. Oh, God. Uh, well, Madison Bumgarner and Josh Norman, no. Um, Jim Harbaugh picks his nose and eats it. Uh, uh, I'm going Peyton Manning because that's free pizza every day. And just like Peyton Manning. He's such a nice guy. Doesn't he seem like he'd be the most fun person to hang I- out with? I think he'd be hilarious. He just seems so... I love those commercials. He just seems so laid back, man. And yeah, you're right. I would actually... I think the best reality TV show would be to watch Josh Norman and Madison Bumgarner in a in a, in a a reality TV show together. Because that would definitely end in a violent fight. And people would definitely watch it. But that was Star Search. For Doc G's Funky Grooves and Fitness. You are listening to Funky Grooves and Fitness with Doc G. As always, Eric Cirillo is with me. Eric, you still you still kicking? Uh, I'm still kicking. I'm thinking how you listen to... You wake up to Led Zeppelin every morning? Not every morning, but it sets on there for probably a month, and then I change that song. Ugh, I need something soft and smooth to wake me up in the morning. I can't just be, you know, screamo in my ear right away. That'll that'll just put me in a bad mood. You know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a talented sleeper, so it's not like I'm in like a real deep sleep. Anyways, it could basically be like you know wind chimes, and I'd rock it out of bed. So it's 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 whatever you know sounds get me up that's basically it and i might as well have sounds that i'm used to so you know i just have a rooster that wakes me up every morning hey gamecocks right usc gamecocks all right so uh i wanted to bring up this story that i recently saw in the usa today news it's about Todd Bowles, who, if you don't know who Todd Bowles is, he's the running backs coach for the Jets. I didn't know either. They were interviewing him about their running back, Matt Forte, and the, uh, the interviewer was asking him about his diet because he seemed to be in really good conditioning. He seemed to have a great diet, and you know he was actually attesting that was one of the reasons why he was doing so uh, well. And uh, Todd casually mentioned while he was uh, while he was telling him about Matt that back in the '80s when he was playing uh, for the Redskins, he actually said that they ate McDonald's every single day. He said a quarter pounder with cheese, large fries, an apple pie, and a Coke. Then he said, "Oh, wait, except for Friday, that's Italian day." And of course, by Italian. 
he meant they had pizza. And this was the diet that the national cha- the world champions, the winners of the Super Bowl in 1988 had. Every single day, they ate McDonald's, except for Friday, which they had pizza. Eric, what do you think about that? Well, I love it because, uh, like, that's my diet. <laughs> I go to McDonald's, I get a quarter pounder and cheese, a medium to large fry, depending on how I'm feeling that day, and a Coke. Now, I don't get the apple pie, but now I know that I need to be eating that apple pie. You know the secret to winning a Super Bowl. The keys to success. Shout out DJ Khaled, you know? Now I know what to do. Um, I think it's really, I think that's hilarious if that's what they ate every single day, and now it's... I mean, we've talked about this before. It's, oh, well, they won the Super Bowl, and they were eating that every day. Clearly, one in one makes ten there, you know? Yeah, obviously. They won a Super Bowl in 1988, and the only reason they won it was McDonald's apple pies. Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, that's just how much, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess how much it's advanced and uh, how much, uh, to a little point, we put too much emphasis on some things now. I mean, I, I, you know, as you know, I'm a huge believer in eating right for athletes and how much that helps. But at the same time, when you look at this, you're like, well, those guys did fine and they were eating apple pies from McDonald's, so, hmm. I think it's funny too because I was watching actually just yesterday the um, the wonderful uh, film Pumping Iron back ah, in ah classic yeah and that's at one point someone says you know someone's asking Arnold uh, you know oh I drink like, whole milk like what kind of milk do you drink how much and he said milk that's for babies I drink beer that's all I drink <laughs> and it's so funny because you know alcohol's horrible for your muscles it deteriorates them. And you would never think today that someone would be like, oh, absolutely, just have as many beers as you can, and you'll be fine. Don't drink milk. You don't need that. That's not really strong for your bones. And look, he was six-time Mr. Olympia. Well, and, and you know, the the extra, well, okay, I was about to say the extra steroids always help, but comparatively to the bodybuilders now, he actually wasn't doing that much at all, so... But, nonetheless, I digress. I move on to the next uh, the next story that I wanted to bring up, which would be from Self Magazine. They recently did a biography on Christmas Abbott. And Christmas Abbott's biography was about how she saved herself with fitness. In 2004, at the age of 22, her mom suggested that she become a civilian contractor in Iraq during the Iraqi Freedom Wars because she saw her daughter doing, uh, being involved in a life of drinking, smoking, and doing lots of heavy drugs. Her life changed when she was a civilian contractor when her camp came under fire of mortars And that day, then and there, when she came under attack of mortar, she decided that she was uh, going to change her life, that her life was worth living. And uh, she dedicated her life to fitness, and she now owns CrossFit Invoke in Raleigh, North Carolina. She has over 374,000 followers on Instagram. She's a fitness grammar. And she was the first uh, woman to ever be on a NASCAR pit crew. Now, I was talking to you uh, during that music break about this this topic. And the thing, there's a couple red flags that come up to me in this story. 
One is the the parenting of of her mom, which I sort of question in the fact that her her daughter was having all these issues, these addiction problems, and her solution was, you know what? Then you go to a country that's getting blown up, getting blown all around with all kinds of weapons and problems and war, and you're not going to have a gun. You're going to have a, a saw, and you're going to work on buildings. Good luck. Like, come on. Couldn't you have been like, hey, daughter, it looks like you're having some trouble. Um, let's go to treatment. Not, let's, uh, let's see if I can get you... Th- 4,000 miles away from me, uh, gunless in a war-torn country. That sounds way better. You know what? You know what fixes mental illness? Risk of death. Exactly. Well, and apparently, who am I to judge? Because apparently it, it fixed her right up. The second thing that I have to question about the story is the fact that she's getting, you know, fired at with mortars, uh, possibly injured, severely injured. She's completely fearful for her life. And at that moment, her life changes. And the decision that she makes is, I'm, I'm going to dedicate my life to fitness. You know, most people in that scenario would be like, I, oh, this is horrible. I'm going to dedicate my life to world peace. I'm going to dedicate my life to to trying to help these people of this war-torn country. Instead, her idea was, I'm going to pick up some weights. Here come some deadlifts. What do you think about that? Very interesting. Chris, uh, uh, Christmas Abbott. Uh, if you, I, I have not seen her in a pit crew, but apparently she's the first woman ever to be in a pit crew. Hey, any way that works, you turn your life around. I mean, if you, if, you know, whatever works for you, we're all different, so... Who are we to judge the the process? Whatever it takes, man. I mean, let's be honest. When I had Instagram, I had like 50 followers. So she's beaten me by 373,500 and, or 950 followers. So, you know, pretty good job for her. Hey, that's how I judge self-worth nowadays. How many followers do you have on social media? Exactly. If you have under 500, you're worthless. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Any listener that has under 500, don't go into a deep, dark depression uh, and and become Debbie Lovato if that happens. Yeah, I heard yeah. she had problems with that. That's why I brought that up. Anywho, uh, so <laughs> next topic uh, would be NFL football. Oh, uh, yes. One of Eric's favorite topics. Love it. So... Just like college football, I want to get into the nitty-gritty with you, Eric. I want to ask you who you think is going to win the AFC and who you think is going to win the NFC. So without further ado, who are your picks? NFC right now, I'm taking uh, Arizona as it stands right now. They're um, Clearly, they're a top favorite to win the Super Bowl, but they're just the most complete team in the NFC. They're the deepest. Everyone's healthy on that team. They're playing, you know, last week they beat the Tampa Bay 40-7, to so wasn't even close after that week one loss against the Patriots, which I come to Arizona's defense against the Patriots when they lost because they didn't know what they were going up against in Jimmy Garoppolo, and so they didn't really have a whole lot of time to prepare for him because they really didn't know what to prepare for, as Bill Belichick knew exactly what he was going against and had a fantastic game plan, and to Jimmy G's defense, He's a fantastic player. Now, with that being said, go to the AFC. 
I'm torn between two teams. Who I'm going with right now, and yes, because there is bias there, is I've got Pittsburgh winning the AFC because um, same reasons. They're an extremely deep team. They constantly find ways to win with key players out. They don't have Le'Veon Bell right now. He's out for one more week serving a suspension, then he'll be be back. Excuse me. D'Angelo Williams is playing lights out, number one rusher in the league right now. Antonio Brown, well, the stats so far don't really show it because the, you know he and Ben were a little off on uh, Sunday, but still arguably the number one receiver in the NFL. You always have big Ben's. You always have a chance to win. So I'm taking Pittsburgh right now, but still keeping my on, eye on New England, even though Jimmy G went down last week, will be out for a while. Tom Brady will still be back in a couple weeks. And New England will still, I'm sure, be in the mix as they always are. Speaking, uh, speaking of that injury going down, that I've noticed that this year already uh, with NFL football. So you had you had uh, Jimmy G go down with uh, with the AC uh, AC sprain, and then you have uh, then you had um, Adrian Peterson go down with his meniscus tear. Which they actually also had reports that it was also an LCL tear as well, which I was like, geez, that's bad. But at the same time, when I heard both of those injuries were released, they they said that they weren't ruling them out for this week's game. Even after they decided that Adrian Peterson's injury was a torn meniscus, the coach said... We're not ruling him out for this game yet. And I was like, really? With a torn meniscus? You're like, eh, maybe he'll shake it off. We'll see. And the same thing with Jimmy G. It was ridiculous because they were talking about him, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, he might. And they and he still might play. They're not They're not even sure about that. And I'm like, he, he literally pulled his shoulder out of socket. It's, it, it is a painful, from what I hear, it is extremely, extremely painful injury and they're like yeah hmm, i think he'll be all right he'll shake it off it's it's sort of i I feel like they're they're a little bit more willy-nilly than i usually hear normally it's like you know it's like the tony romo situation it's like yeah he's out for a while just go ahead and just strap in he's gonna be gone for a long time but both of those teams they were trying to be a little more optimistic just because of the circumstances minnesota's already kind of skating on thin ice right now um, they had, you know, they pulled it out against the Packers, but they're, you know, Adrian Peterson is really their their big guy right now. And without Teddy and without him, people are starting to wonder, you know, what could happen. And then same thing with New England. They're already down so many players. And then you lose this backup quarterback who is really playing lights out. And so you're starting to think, well, you know, we don't want to worry our fans too much or act like we're in real trouble right now. So we're going to kind of downplay the situation a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel absolutely horrible for uh, for Minnesota because, I mean, let's be honest. First, you lose Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, it's, it's all right. We got this great running back. He does his thing every week. He's the greatest, one of the greatest of all time, no doubt. Oh, yikes. <laughs> so we've got nothing now. And then, you know, everybody comes rushing to their fence. They're like, hey, hey, hey. They got a good defense. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't know if they got that good of a defense. I don't know if it's going to carry them without having anybody on offense. Yeah. 
So let's focus on NFC East before before I give any picks. Let's focus on the NFC East. Who do you think's better, New York Giants or Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, oh boy. Um, uh, oh, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna go Giants just because they've played tougher teams. Philadelphia's had an easier schedule right now, even though Philadelphia is well. Both teams are two and zero. But um, I think Giants have had just a little bit harder schedule playing Cowboys in Dallas in a dome and then going against the Saints last week, um, who aren't a bad team. Their defense isn't that good, but Drew Brees is just a It's always a shootout. Yes. So and if you look at the game last year, that game was insane last year. So um, Philadelphia is good. Carson Wentz is, is proven to be a pretty good quarterback, but you know we'll see we'll see Sunday how well they play against Pittsburgh. So yeah, that's uh, I'm I was about to bring that up. Uh, I I mean you know that's it, it's so amazing how quick you have a couple of games because I mean you know everybody's played two games, but it's all it's already you know it's already your house is on fire if if you're if 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 you've lost one game and if you've lost two oof, i mean look at the redskins you know but uh philadelphia that's the thing as soon as they won those two games and and granted uh, like you said Carson Wentz has played well but as soon as they won those two games it was like oh my gosh is he the greatest thing that's happened to football i think he is you know yeah. Um, and he hasn't, they, they haven't really had to play that hard a competition. So when they start playing Big Ben and company, it'll be interesting to see, you know, see how, see how well he takes that. Yeah. Uh, Butler isn't, uh, isn't the, the most talented quarterback out there. So along with that, uh, let's go back to the, uh, the past Super Bowl attendees, the Carolina Panthers. How do you think they're going to end up this year? I think they'll be just fine. You know, week one was a close game. Uh, and then, you know, because Denver's still a good team and Denver's defense is still very good. And then last week I had said to multiple people, I said, whoever plays Carolina this week, I feel bad for because they're going to beat them and they're going to beat them bad. And they did. The poor 49ers lost 27 to 46, just like in the same fashion as last year. They had a magnificent week one, and people were like, oh, my gosh, the 49ers are amazing. And then week two, they get blown out 38 to, like, 18 by Pittsburgh. And then people are like, oh, yeah. And then that just started a downward spiral. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen now with the 49ers. But with the Panthers, I think they'll be just fine. Um, I'd say they'll probably go 11-5, and 12-4, something like that. Do you think um... – do you think the, the the timing of that game, since they went for then, since they had the last game on a Sunday and they had the Thursday game, do you think that had an effect on the 49ers and having to travel across country? You mean on a short week? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it can, but these they do it all the time. These play, I mean, they're they play for San Francisco. They they they're used to it by now, so I don't think that's like a a viable excuse you know you don't it's not like you're play your like, game pansy yeah <laughs> it's not like in basketball you get to get on a plane and then fly across the country and play a game that next day or two days later you got a few days to rest and to recoup and all that so i don't i really don't tend to use that as a crutch 
a, lo- a lot a lot of the 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 sports talk that I heard that was a, that was a big thing now you know I, I I don't know how much stock I put in it either but that that was that was the excuse a lot of people were given I put more stock in what you were saying as far as Carolina just basically wanting vengeance for losing to the people they already lost in the Super Bowl and taking it out on San Francisco and I also want to say credit myself again because I called it, I called it, I called it. I told people, I said, you know, Tampa Bay had a magnificent week one, but I'm telling you right now, they won't do it in week two. And I knew with Arizona losing in New England, I said the same thing. I feel bad for whoever plays Arizona because they're going to be mad. And lo and behold, they beat the Buccaneers stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So before we end this, I am going to give my picks, which – I hate to do this to your Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm going to go with who you're watching out for, New England Patriots. I just, they, and believe me, as far as New England teams, I'm not a big fan of them, but he, they're impressive nonetheless. I mean, I don't see how they win with not having half their team there, uh, but they do it, and I think the reason they do it is Bill Belichick, but... Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Patriots in the AFC and with the NFC, I think. Now, when I talked to you earlier, I said the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, since nobody heard that on air, I don't know if I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers anymore because uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't looking like the Aaron Rodgers that we all remember. So I retract that, and I say I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to say uh, Patriots-Panthers. That's that's what I'm going to go with. And uh, sorry, Panther fans, but I'm going to have to say I think the Patriots are going to win. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's, that's my picks. And without further ado, we're going to move into another segment. And this segment is called What's the Word? And to explain what's the word, what's the word is where I give a potential occurrence that has either happened, is going to happen, could happen, or has happened in sports, and Eric sums that occurrence up in one word. Eric, are you ready? See what I did there? I already tried it. You did? Yeah, Uh, let's do it. Okay. All right. The first one would be Alabama being ranked over Ohio State in the AP polls after week four. Predictable. Hmm, nice. I like that. That was good. Thanks. Next one. Major League Baseball until the month of October. Dreadful. <laughs> I was I was expecting boring, but dreadful <laughs> is acceptable. Wait, God, can we just get on with it already? Ugh. Las Vegas set the Warriors win total for the 2016 or 2016-17 season at 66.5 wins. Fair. Okay, fair. All right. All right. Lamar Jackson Heisman winner. Bold. Okay. Okay. The Patriots could potentially go 4-0 and 
without Gronkowski or Tom Brady? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I could do two words, I would have said not anymore, but I can't, so I'm going no. Okay. Well, you should have. You, I, for me, I would have. I would have saved it for this one, but you you hadn't heard this one yet. Uh, Tim Tebow will make the Mets roster. Oh gosh. <laughs> nope. Okay. All right. There we go. Okay. Last one, and this is this uh, isn't really a word, and this is best conference in NCAA football right now. Wait, what? What <laughs> <laughs> again? Best conference in NCAA football right now. Uh, SEC. Okay, that concludes. What's the word? You heard it here. Eric, what'd you say about that? Uh, what's the word? I did. I, I love that section. I think it's hilarious. I wish I would have. As soon as I said my my choice, I realized like, oh no, I could have said that for Tim Tebow making the Mets. I chose nope. I should have said impossible because there's just no way that's happening. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so either. He's a uh, hey. You know, when he when he first, w- real quick before we sign off, and we don't have much time, but when he first said that, that he was going to go to the Mets, I thought the same thing with Michael Jordan, back when Michael Jordan tried to go to baseball. After seeing the 30 for 30 about Michael Jordan trying to go to baseball, I realized how much Jordan committed to doing that. I mean, he was literally there like 20 hours a day. All he did every single day was eat, sleep, breathe baseball. And he literally transformed himself into a baseball player. But with Tim Tebow, it seems like it's just like this side gig thing that he thought he could sell some shirts with the Mets, basically. He was like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Baseball. I'm a big muscular guy. Baseball sounds good. And like he he didn't even quit his job at ESPN. If That's what I said. That's what I told other people. It's he's still working for the SEC network a few weekends, you know, during the fall. That's what I thought. It's like you just have like a part time job. Yeah, like I mean, I, I don't really think you want to make the major leagues if you're like, oh, well, you know, I got to keep this side job. This is pretty important. So. It makes me a lot of money. Like, I mean, you know, I understand it. Obviously, he needs some money and whatnot. But, like, at the same time, I don't think it's your number one dying priority. But that's for another show. We might talk about it next week, guys. Right now, we got to sign off. We're finished for the day. We talk some football, but as you know, on Doc G's, we talk about all things fitness and sports-related for Funky Grooves and Fitness with Doc G, I am Doc G. I'm Eric Cirillo. And we'll see you next week.